0: You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shay.
1: Well, hey, friends, it's Dana Shea, and you were listening to Real Relationship Talk. I'm so excited that you guys are here today. We are here in episode 77, and seven is my favorite number, you guys. So we've got double sevens today, so it's going to be a great episode. But not only is it going to be a great episode because of the number seven, but because we have a special guest with us, my favorite. My husband, Sean, is actually on the episode today. Give him a hand of applause. Woo, 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 woo. If you guys know Sean, he is not one to be like in the cameras, right, and on the podcast and doing all the things up front. So whenever he agrees to come on an episode, it just makes my heart so happy. And he always has such wisdom to share. And so today is no different. We have a really great conversation coming up for you as to how couples can talk to their spouses about sex. Now, some of you are probably thinking, what the what?" Of course, you talk about sex in your marriage, but you would be surprised that many couples find it very awkward. Some couples find it embarrassing, and even other couples find it painful to talk about sex in their marriages. And so we wanted to just kind of share with you some tips from our own relationship and give you some practical steps on ways that you can have this very needed conversation in your marriage. But before we get into all of that, we have a Today with Dana Shea segment for you. So I haven't done one of these in a while. I thought it'd be really good to kind of bring this segment back into the podcast. And so today, we are answering a question from an email listener, or a listener, I should say, who sent a question in via email. Her name is Gina. I'm not going to give her last name just for the sake of anonymity. But Gina writes, Hey, Dana, I have been listening to your new series on shameless sex. I really enjoyed the episode that you did on why married sex is better, Gina Gina's talking about episode 75, which was just a couple episodes ago, where I talked about seven reasons that married sex is the best sex. So she continues, I actually have another reason for you that you may not have thought about. Married sex is better than single sex because married people have more sex than singles. And so Gina, I want to say that, yes, I actually did know that. I will tell you that I wanted to find a statistic because we get this whole idea that married sex from the culture, right, from what we see on TV, what we hear in the media, that married sex is like boring and that most married people aren't having sex. It's the single folks who are out here just living the dream. And statistically, you all, that is not true. As a matter of fact, Time Magazine did a story, and so did Redbook, all right? And so Redbook is like, you would think that that magazine obviously promotes all kinds of things. You would think that they would be promoting single sex. But married sex has actually been proven to be more uh, common in relationships than couples who are unmarried couples who are single. And so I appreciate you, Gina, writing that and and sharing another reason that married sex is better than singles having sex. And you're right. It's because married people actually do have more sex than singles. So thanks so much for writing in, Gina. Well, you guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. I hope you're ready for a really good conversation. And I would love to hear from you. So if you ever have a question that you want to send in, you can always email me at info at com. That's I-N-F-O at D-A-N-A-C-H-E.com. Or you can find me on social media. I've changed my social media handles to at Mrs. Dana Shea. So that's at M-R-S Dana Shea, D-A-N-A-C-H-E. I would love to hear from you. So send me an email, send me a DM, and you might just get your question answered on Today with Dana Shea. All right, you guys. Well, I hope you're ready for today's episode. It's going to be a good one. Let's dive in. So today, we are going to answer a question that I think a lot of couples have, and it's how do you actually talk to your spouse about sex? You know, a lot of times married couples just assume that it should be easy for married people to talk about sex, especially because they're having sex. But what I've seen in just friends and even in our own relationships sometimes, and um, I actually came across a, a social media post not too long ago that one of my personal social media friends, I guess, or that's kind of an oxymoron, a personal social media friend. One of my friends on social media had actually posted that it was very awkward for her and her husband to talk about sex. So I thought, you know what, let's do an episode. Let's talk about what works for us. And then maybe what are some things that couples can do to actually have productive conversations surrounding sex? So first of all, Why is it even important to talk about sex? Like, I think a lot of couples think, well, let's just do it. And I mean, if it happens, it happens. Just let it be spontaneous and organic. Why do we actually have to have like planned conversations about this? So what do you think about that, Sean? Do you think that couples should just kind of force themselves, if you will, to talk about sex? Or do you think that it's something that should just kind of happen when it happens? Like, tell me a little bit about what you think.
2: I think you should be comfortable to talk about it. Um, then that way you can express your needs and wants and not just assume the person or your spouse knows what you need and want. Most people before they are married. I mean, when they're dating, they probably talked about a few things or stuff like that. So why change it once you're married? Um, I know for me, particularly growing up as a Christian, you really didn't talk about it much. I guess they carried it into a relationship and uh, as it godly per se to and discuss some of the needs and wants I want, but um I think we've done a good job transitioning to talk about it and feeling comfortable and saying this this works, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, um, let's try this, let's try that. I think how else would you know?
1: Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of really good things I want to kinda dig deeper into. First, you said that it's good for couples to talk about their needs because you can't just expect your spouse to know. For us when we first got married, I definitely just expected you to know and I think you know you did know for the most part because I think that you know we we were communicating without necessarily talking if mm-hmm. that makes sense as we began to uh, be married longer and as I began to be more comfortable with my own sexuality and talking about it in a way that wasn't shameful because the other thing that you said which is huge which we'll talk about in a second a lot of Christian marriages are not Um, we're not coached into learning or to knowing how to have these conversations. And so I think that if you're just expecting your spouse to know your needs, what's going to happen is a lot of times you're going to be disappointed because they're not going to know. Or maybe your needs have changed. You know, maybe there are things that you liked when you first got married and now you don't like those things anymore. Or maybe there are things that you didn't know anything about and now you know. And so I think it's just a really important that the conversation continues to happen. Um, So let's talk a little bit because I've done several different episodes on kind of holding the church accountable as to why we're not having these conversations more readily. And I still see that it's such a problem in the church at large that whenever you talk about sex, it's like, ooh, you know, everyone gets all nervous. Like, what is she going to say? What are they going to talk about? And I'm like, you guys, like, it's okay. It's okay to have conversations. It's okay to celebrate and explore your sexuality. And again, I think you can do that in a way that is life-giving, in a way that, you know, it, it doesn't feel raunchy. But you you used a term where you said in a godly way. And I really believe that at the core or at the root of the church's um, fear with talking about sex, is that they don't really believe that sex is godly. Mm. I feel that. It's like, it's almost like, it's kind of like a necessary thing that you have to do in marriage for procreation and men enjoy it. But God forbid, a woman actually talks about enjoyment of her sexuality or enjoying sex. Then it's like, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, slippery slope. And so I don't know. I just feel like I'm grateful that there are other voices out there who have platforms as well who are having these conversations, because I really think that if we're going to raise up a new generation of Christian children who are not going to be afraid, who are not going to come to these conversations feeling ashamed or embarrassed, then it's going to have to start with us parents. All right, let's give people some practical, practical things that they can do. Let's say a couple has never actually had a real conversation about sex. Where should they start? It's
2: tough. I mean, that's, that's real tough. asking where they should start because everybody's at different places in their life. I guess the basic conversation is um, needs. Like, uh, what do you need? How many times do you feel a week sex is good, a day is good? I mean, how many times a day? You know, like I say, at least three times a day, seven days a week, eight days a week. You know, that's, that's good. A good start to have a conversation. And it can let your expectations be known. And then from there... Probably opens up the door to, you know, um, maybe it's not practical or or doesn't feel good or, you know, stuff like that, different things. And what does feel good um, to you and what feels good to me, what feels good to both of us so we can know that if I know what feels good to you, I can try to please you. As you know, it feels good to me. You can try to please me. So when we're trying to please each other, we're both being satisfied. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You talk about, you know, um, consistency and frequency. And I think that obviously married couples are always going to have a different number. The higher sex drive spouse is always going to want to have sex multiple times a day. And sometimes the higher sex drive spouse is the females, not always the males sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I hear lots from lots of women, especially women when they turn 40, they're like, ah, you know, they're like lionesses.
2: Many more years
1: again before that hits. I'm forty already. <laughs> so anyway, um when women so. will thank you, but I'm definitely forty already. So women who are um I think coming into their own sexually and who are not afraid to embrace that, they might be the higher sex drive spouse. But I think starting at needs, needs, I put that in air quotes because technically sex is not a need, even though that's what we've been taught. Um, sex is a desire and it's a strong desire um, for, for many people, right? But I definitely want people to know that you do not need sex. If you needed it, then that means that you should have it from the time that you were, from the time you were a child. And it also means that if you are divorced or if you are widowed, then God would not hold you to a standard of not having sex because it's a need. So sex is not a need. Sex is a desire that we, that we want. But I think the other thing is talking about your desires. So, you know, talking about frequency, how often do you want to have sex? But then, like, what are some of your desires? You know, I remember a conversation that we had once about fantasies. And sometimes it's hard to even let yourself go there because you're like, am I allowed to say that? Like, am I, -hmm. can I dream a little bit? Can I maybe say something that my spouse would never do or never think to do? But let me just kind of put it out there. Mm And, and those conversations can be very, very awkward for people, especially if you're not used to talking so openly about sex, and if you still have like a lot of those preconceived ideas, like fantasies are wrong, lust in your marriage is wrong. You know, when you have strong sexual desires towards your spouse, that is okay. That is actually a good thing. And so, I, I just want couples to feel free to be able to talk about that. And it's like talking about sex with your kids. Sometimes, like until you do it, it's always going to be awkward. Mm-hmm. So until you actually start to have these conversations, it's always going to be awkward. So the best way to not make them awkward is just to start
0: talking about it.
2: Yeah, and I, I truly believe that as you get older, because when you're younger, I can't really speak for guy. I mean, for females, but for guys, that's conversations you have a lot like locker room talk. You know, so as you get older, who do you have those conversations with? I mean, I can't see myself being 44 and having with my boys um conversation about things I want to do with you. I mean, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense because yeah. I don't want them fantasizing about you.
0: Sure.
2: So that should be a conversation I should be feel comfortable with having with you. And also feel that those conversations are open, you know, it kind of closes the door into other conversations coming in, you know, like, because if I want to have that conversation, you don't want to have it. And then I hear it somewhere. It's like, you know. let me look at whatever it is. TV, movie, um, videos, uh, live or real person or something like that. But if it's, we're having these conversations, then it blocks that stuff out. And so, I mean, it doesn't, to me, I feel, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I feel that it's an additional measure or a closed door to, any extracurricular stuff
1: yeah and i think you know there's a scripture that says let the marriage bed be honorable and you know not defiled right so we use the word defiled it's like i think there are some non-negotiables when you're having conversations about sex and marriage i would never go to one of my friends and talk about our sex life because that to me is it's a private thing um and it's not to be shared with everybody People don't need to be in your bedroom. You know, people don't need to be knowing what you do. And that that to me is just like crossing the line. So I think you're, you're exactly right, Sean, where you say, if you don't talk about that with your spouse, who are you going to talk about these things with? You're either going to talk about them outside of your marriage or you're going to fall into temptation outside of your marriage to stroke that desire a little bit. And so I think, you know, how some practical steps for couples is one, just to start, just have the conversation. Maybe if you feel, um, if you feel awkward, one of the things that I learned when Chris, our oldest, was a teenager, um, I read in a book, or maybe I heard it on the radio, but they were saying when you're having an awkward conversation, it's good to take a drive to put your child in the car beside you because then you're not forced to have eye contact. Mm-hmm. So you can be, you know, sitting beside each other and having a conversation, but it's something about like you're not staring into each other's eyes that makes it, you know, intimidating. And so maybe for that couple who is struggling to have those conversations, maybe they can take a drive or maybe you can write a letter. Mm-hmm. I think that's really romantic. Valentine's Day is coming up, right? And depending on when you're listening to this podcast, but what what a sweet romantic gesture to maybe write a note to your spouse and let them know, these are all the things that I love about you. These are all the things I would love to explore with you. You know, well,
2: However you look me in my eyes and tell me what you're going to explore about me.
1: But see, we are used to this. So, so for couples who are not used to it, looking at their spouse and their eyes, that can be completely awkward. And like, we're not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk to my spouse about that. Let's talk about what if a spouse is unfulfilled? That can be a, a triggering conversation, right? And it can also be another awkward conversation. If If I'm not, let's just say hypothetically, this is a hypothetical, okay? If I am not, fully desired in a certain area. How do I have that conversation with my spouse without him feeling like I'm putting him down? Like I am um, rejecting him. Like I am not sexually pleased Mm -hmm. where I don't create an insecurity. Like how, how would you say that a couple can do that and still be able to have a real conversation?
2: I mean, since we're being real, let's just be real. Like we're, we're adults and how do you handle conflict at work or how do you handle with anywhere else? So why is our spouse different? We can address certain things at work. You know, if we are, we're not, feel we're not getting paid enough. Do you just sit there forever? You know, or do you, if you, you enjoy your job, you, what do I gotta do to get a raise? So if you're not fulfilled sexually, have a conversation. I mean, I, as awkward as it can be. But if once you have that initial conversation, it opens again, opens the lines of communication because one of the other might feel that, oh, I'm doing everything I need. So if you never say nothing, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me, okay, yeah, it might hurt for a second, but you're telling me, okay, well, you I mean, it's good, but you're not fulfilling this need. But this is how you can fulfill this need. So you're actually, what do they say about the sandwich? You know, you kind of. What's that? Yeah, idea? so
1: you say a positive thing, then you insert the area of correction,
0: and then you end with the positive. Right,
2: yeah, and then, I mean, then you take action on it. Or you can start out, you know, like, am I fulfilling your needs sexually? Mm-hmm. You know, if you can initiate that and give the person an opportunity to yes, no, and then, okay, well, all right, well, these are some of things that help enhance our, you know, sex to the next level. We've had that awkward conversation, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like, okay. I could get all in my feelings, and uh, I'm not doing nothing. Man. But real talk, I mean, that's dumb because now I'm shutting myself off. And now I'm, I'm missing out on everything. So okay, learn what makes you and enjoyable for you, so I can please you. In return, you want to please me. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. It's about every every conversation is a learning opportunity. It's a way for you to learn about your spouse. And again, if you're thinking, well, you didn't used to like that. Why do you all of a sudden want to do that? Like that's the wrong place to start from because people grow, people change, bodies change. You might have been able to do things when you first got married that your body just would not allow you to do now. And so you just have to be aware of that. But I think coming into these conversations with the understanding that I'm having this conversation or I'm bringing up this conversation because I want us to grow in this area mm-hmm. because I am not dissatisfied with everything, but this is how it can be better. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that's just good marriage advice in general, because if you're afraid to have conversations about any other area of your marriage, then it's probably because there's some sort of, I don't want my spouse to feel rejected mm-hmm. or I don't want to start an argument. I don't want to pick a fight where one doesn't exist. Mm-hmm the alternative then is that you're just sexually unfulfilled. And let's talk about it. Like when you're sexually unfulfilled, that opens you up to to temptation, Mm -hmm. not just temptation with another person, like having an affair, but it opens you up to the temptation to becoming resentful, Mm -hmm. to the temptation of becoming disconnected, to the temptation of becoming angry. Because it's just like a hangry term, right? When you're hungry and you know, you can't get that desire met, you become angry. And it's the same thing sexually. If there's a desire that you have that is going unfulfilled <laughs> because you won't talk about it, then you're going to become angry or resentful or bitter. And so then, of course, that can lead into a whole bunch of other very, very unhelpful things in your marriage.
2: You know, people may say, when is a good time? I mean... A massage is always a good time to bring up a conversation, you know, because it relaxes the person. So, I mean, then you go in the conversation while you're doing I mean, just something fun that opens the door. I mean, I wouldn't recommend just boom, here we go. Like, mm-hmm. just right out the back, come on. As soon as you come in the door, mm-hmm. I'm not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like, whoa. But, you know, you relax the person and put them in a nice element where they're um, open to listen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And as you're, relaxed conversations just come naturally. You know, I think a lot of times people just, the timing is off, you right. know, it's not always a good time. I mean, you just got to do stuff to make the timing right. I think
1: the worst time to have this conversation is when you're actually in the act of having sex. Cause that's like, we're in a vulnerable spot at that moment anyway. And so then to bring up, well, you know, by the way, you know, it's like, okay, mood kill. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. You know, making sure that the timing is right making sure that, again, your goal at the end of this conversation is not to tell your spouse all the things that they're not doing right or all the things that you wish they would do. But it's, it's like, how can we take our sex life to the next level? If it's a we versus a you, then you're going to have more success. If you have a spouse, like let's say, I'm just again, generalization here. If you're the husband and let's say you're the husband and you are okay with these conversations, you have no problem with it, but you know that your wife struggles a little bit, then you have to give grace. You have to just say, Hey, I know that this is an awkward conversation for you, but I want to share some things with you that I think will help our sex life be even better than what it is. To me, if I was the wife who was kind of timid, that would be disarming. I'd be like, okay, you know, because there's the compliment, right? Mm-hmm. And then you throw in the little, hey, this is what we can do better. Mm-hmm. And then you say, you know, I love, I've, I just love our times together. And I just want them to be even better than what they are mm-hmm. or even more special than what they are. Something like that.
2: Man, good. Me, I feel a good tip for Valentine's Day is, you know, a disarming tip is, you know I really enjoy our sexual life. Is there anything I can do that I haven't done that you will like, whether it be flowers, candle lights, like, something like that? is something different. you know like teach me something else I can do, something new mm-hmm. that you' like, and then if I said that to you, is that kind of like disarming like oh wow i can you can just go for days and I'm like, okay, and I'm taking notes and I'm acting on that mm-hmm. so. and
1: then the the challenge then would be that spouse can't be like no everything's good. <laughs> I mean, even if everything is good, I think things can always be improved upon. Like if you were to ask me that question today, I could give you responses, not because I think that things aren't good, but because I think that they can always get better. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's that, it's that constant learning. If, if there was one thing that this whole shameless sex series has really just been proving to me is that marriage is always about constantly growing and constantly learning. And you are going to change as a person. Your spouse is going to change. Your marriage is going to change. So if you're still having sex the same way today that you were 20 years ago, I mean, in my opinion, that that that's kind of like a red flag. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to have 55 new positions and 55 new locations, but it does mean that there should be a growth. There should be some sort of progression. These conversations, if you're 25 years in, should be very normative. And if they're not normative, then you need to ask yourself, what is blocking that? Is, Is there some sort of ungodly belief? Like, is there some sort of old dead religious teaching that you have, that you've adopted, that you need to let go of? Is there fear? Is there some sort of insecurity? Is there um, shame? Think about why Why don't I like to have these? I think sometimes as humans, we don't ask ourselves like why we don't do things enough. Mm-hmm. We just don't do it. So ask yourself, why aren't we having these conversations? It's not timing because you can find time. And we do, we find time to do what we think is important. And so just start, just have a conversation. Like I said, if you need to write a, a letter or if you need to go for a drive, or if you need to, I mean, be silly, you know, talk in two different rooms, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do whatever you need to do to get over the awkwardness, mm-hmm. but really begin to have these conversations. And one of the bonuses in talking about sex is it is it built in foreplay,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know what I mean? Like you can't help but to start getting in the mood mm-hmm. when you start talking about sex. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to encourage you, Sean and I, you know, just want to encourage you all that are listening today to try something different. Like right now, right after you finish listening to this episode, don't wait for next week. Don't wait for Valentine's Day. Don't wait for your spouse's birthday. Don't wait for your anniversary. Like do it now, because if you
0: don't, you won't.
2: Yeah. And I want to say something to the fellas. I mean, really, these conversations, you have to let go of your ego. You really have to let go of your ego. I mean, because we don't do everything right. As much as we feel we do, real talk, they can laugh at us if they want to. We're not as big and bad as we think we are. I mean, geez, much as women's having babies. And if you've watched Baby Bird, you you will understand what I'm talking about. So, but let go of your ego and have those conversations. Be open to what your spouse has to say, because you can learn a lot. Learn a lot and improve. She's only trying to help you.
1: Amen. Well, that's a great place to end right there. I would say I would love to hear about your conversations, but I don't think I want to. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But what I do really, really encourage you all to do is to be creative. And let's make these conversations normal. We're going to have another episode coming up about how to talk to your kids about sex. And again, if you can't talk to your spouse about sex, you will never talk to your kids about sex. It's even more awkward talking to the little humans that you've created about this if you can't have a conversation with your spouse. So no shame if you've never had a conversation about sex with your spouse. There is no shame. You can start today. It's never too late. Even if you have been married for 25 years, like I said, and you've never had these conversations, there is no time like the present. So again, have a conversation, have fun, and you might just be surprised what comes out of the other end. So thanks so much for listening to this episode. You guys, we have one final episode in the shameless sex series. We have a brand new guest coming on next week. I'm super excited for you all to meet him and to hear our conversation. We are going to be talking about erectile dysfunction and masturbation. (laughs) So that's going to be a really, really great episode. Really excited for you guys to hear that one. And until next time, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe to this channel. Maybe you didn't realize that we actually put these podcast episodes on YouTube as well. So you can head on over to YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Dana Shay Unlimited or just type in real relationship talk and you'll be able to find the podcast on YouTube so thanks so much for listening thanks for being my guest today Sean appreciate Mm -hmm. you see you guys on the next episode take care thank you for listening to real relationship talk with Dana Shay find the show notes helpful articles and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and remember to
0: subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help,